Get you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in on a free-for-all Friday. Anything goes here in the Bureau, the Foreign Bureau Insurance Studio. Foreign Bureau, go! With the home team, you made it to Friday. Hallelujah. Uh, Anything goes, everything is on the table today on this show. I was uh, talking with Beaver just a minute ago, and in the course of that conversation, realized uh, for the first time I never thought of it this way, Uh, But there are people in this world who will ask you a question. And then as you are answering their question, they will interrupt you. (laughs) Yeah, while you're answering their question. Hey, Beaver. Hey, Matt Wyatt. Is that similar to like um, people who will ask you your opinion on something? You start giving them your opinion. And then they argue with you about your opinion. Similar? What? Similar, but it's a little different. That maybe they wait for you to give your opinion, and then they argue. That's that's fine. Yeah. But not in the middle. I'm answering your question, <laughs> and you interrupt me <laughs> from answering the question you asked me. I don't know what that is. Is it an indication that they don't really like your answer, or... Maybe they felt like the question itself was obligatory. They didn't really intend for you to answer at all. Once you begin, it's like, hey, let's just move on. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, you can wait and see. We're off to a roaring start here on this Friday uh, in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. I'm Matt. As you can see, Beaver is here. Thank goodness we can have a show with Beaver here. And thank goodness you're here. Appreciate you being a part of it. Lots of ways for you to do that, too. You can comment on the live stream. You can uh, text the show on the country please and text sign. The number to text 885-3776. Got it? 601 number. 885-3776. Another way to remember it is 885-ESPN. That'll get you on in here. You can also call me on the Divinity phone. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. The number to call, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. If you're watching the live stream, just type in a comment, hit it. It'll pop up here in the column, and I can put it on the screen, and we can see what you are getting into. And as you know, we get a lot of comments over there on the YouTube live stream, and so I don't necessarily get to every single one. We try to get to many of them throughout the show. So glad to be back with y'all. And if you're on the live stream, you can see the text number at the bottom of the screen as well as the phone number to call if you ever want to call in. That's cool, too. Yeah, yeah. So, so, let's start it off this way. Matthew on the, nice name, by the way. Matthew on the live stream says, TGIF, Hail State, Matt. Yeah, I like all that. He got a Hail State in there. He got a... A TGIF. He says he's got a load of chicken out of South Mississippi headed to Georgia with it. All right. Feathers flying. Yeah, well, that's, uh, I, hope you, I hope you get there. Hope the AC works. 
You know what I caught word of? I, I think you've got a lot of high schools around the state of Mississippi today that are monitoring the heat and the heat index here today on this Friday. And because, you know, you got that new rule, the new 105 degree rule. And I think it's not the actual temperature, but the feel like temperature. And a lot of teams use what they call the they call it a, a, a wet bulb. It's a little glass enclosed glass thing with liquid on the inside and it measures the temperature a couple different ways and that's supposed to more closely measure the the temperature like inside of football pads inside a helmet where it could potentially be dangerous and and um excuse me i've been hoarse all day kind of losing my voice i'm not sure why but uh anyway a lot of teams use that and some are looking at it going hey this afternoon it may we may have to stop or, you know, go inside and just do walkthrough stuff in a gym or something. So, you know, on that note, you do have a whole bivy of high school football games that are going to happen tonight uh, at the MAIS level. You have a bunch of those. And I, if, if, let's just say if, it were, let's say, opening Friday for the MHSAA, well, that's an MHSA rule. 105 degrees, heat index you got to stop, whether it's football, cheerleading, band, whatever. And uh, so, you know, you got to keep an eye on that when, when you get into if it's going to be, if it's going to keep being as hot as it is as we get on a couple more weeks down the road, um, it could affect the games. I mean, it actually could. Now, there's a reason they have that. Hey, uh, hats off to MRA. They won last night. They beat uh, Park Lane. Final score, 48-25. I uh, saw some highlights of it, and uh, look, it was a competitive game for a little bit. Maybe an early turnover got Park Lane going, but uh, here came MRA. They they built out a twenty to six lead in the ball game pretty early there in the second quarter. Never did look back, and uh, so MRA one and zero. They were playing without Coach Davis on the sideline. He did, in fact, Coach Herbert Davis did, in fact, tweet yesterday that he did get to go home. And so I assume he was watching, listening from home, and uh, that's really, really good news for a great guy and a good coach, and Coach uh, Herbert Davis, and maybe he's on the road to recovery. You know, I don't know what kind of time frame you know they're looking at, but uh, at any rate, he was really excited uh, about the win. Obviously, they went and got it done, so they're one and zero after last night. And um, I sort of went through some of this with you yesterday, but uh, you got a whole another round of. MAIS games happening tonight um, in the state of Mississippi. You got JA hosting Bayou Academy. You have over in the Delta, you got Greenville St. Joe and Washington School playing each other. Same town, same deal there. Hartfield goes up to Heritage. Mentioned that one. We know the deal with Hartfield. Such a tough deal for their seniors. They get punished. Not going to get to play in the playoffs because of a recruiting violation for the school and all that kind of stuff. They start their regular season, uh, which the whole regular season kind of feels like a playoff to them. And so they started off tonight at Heritage. Gave you a little history there. Heritage Academy in Columbus, coached by Tobias Smith. He's the head football coach, former offensive lineman at State. He's from Columbus. And two assistants on his staff are Matt Caldwell, former Mississippi State offensive lineman, and Jonathan Banks, former Mississippi State All-American defensive back. So 
Uh, and Jonathan tweeted earlier today how excited he is for game day, and I, I bet. And I'm just happy for them. I would love to be able to get there and see it. I don't know that I'll make it. Uh, it's, it's only about an hour from here where I am, but still, I don't know that I'll get there tonight. I would love to see that. You have Silva Bay hosting Newton County Academy. You're going to have um, Winona Christian going to Benton Academy. So, so some of your games uh, that are going on tonight. Also, just yes, I am aware we had NFL preseason football last night. A former Southern Miss Golden Eagle who's still trying to make it, or he is making it in the NFL. He's making a heck of a living uh, in the NFL as primarily a backup quarterback, but when he has started and played some, Nick Mullins has done really well. He played last night. And uh, a few other guys that I recognize, so we'll get into some of that before it's all said and done uh, also. All right, so before I, you know, I get to rambling too much further, um, back over to the comments. I got Sven who got in here on the YouTube live stream, and he said, Hail State, everybody. He said, I watched that Mississippi State-Auburn game from 2014 again and thought, come on, we can do this again. You don't have to win a national title, but at least bring fear <laughs> to uh, – uh, to the big boys in football. And you're right. It is absolutely possible. There is no doubt about it. It is absolutely possible. Uh, I'll get back to some of the live streams. I hit the wrong button there, and it X'd me out of there, so I'm going to have to get back into it where I can see them. Uh, and I think we do still have the live stream going. I hope it didn't get interrupted. I'll find out soon enough. <laughs> That's what happens when you hit the wrong button. Um, <clears throat> Chuck gave us a happy Friday on YouTube. Said it seems like a good day for some country pleasing green onion sausage. Hallelujah. That sounds good. I'm still on that jalapeno and cheddar. I love it. Ate a bunch of it for breakfast this morning. Tyga with two H's at the end. Commented on the Divinity. I'm sorry, on the uh, country pleasing. Speaking of the country pleasing text line. That's 885-3776. He says, happy Friday, Mr. Wyatt. Can you give us the order in which you believe all the teams in the SEC West will finish? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked at it that closely yet again, Tyga. But, and this may be why you're asking. I think I did mention it one time before. I, I kind of felt like people might be discounting LSU just a little bit. Part of that is the Nick Saban factor. You know, LSU beat them last year, and everybody's going, look, you know, Saban ain't losing two years in a row to LSU. Plus, this year it's in Tuscaloosa. You know, I get it. But there are other games that count. Um you know, Alabama loses a good bit. They start over at quarterback. And I just think I think Brian Kelly knows what he's doing. I think he proved that last year. I think you have a fantastic quarterback, which is a big, big part of it. I mean, past a certain threshold, and LSU has that. So they have the continuity with the quarterback coming back. They have the continuity with their coordinators coming back. They have the confidence of finishing the way they finished last year and winning against Alabama last year. And Alabama doesn't really have those things. That's three things they don't have. Lost to LSU last year, new coordinator, and got to come up with a new quarterback. And so Alabama be good. I'm just saying until we see otherwise, you know, we may get into week two, Tyga, and look up and go, look, I've seen enough of Alabama. You know, they, they're the best team ever. We may do that. But until we see it, we don't know that. And what's the point in me trying to get a bunch of Alabama clicks by going out here and talking about how great they're going to be. No, I want to see it first. And so based on what we do know, I just feel like if I had to make a list, I'd probably put LSU at the top right now until I see for sure Alabama has figured out their offense and their quarterback. I mean, maybe Alabama can, but you don't just automatically snap your fingers and go from Bryce Young 
to somebody who's just as productive as Bryce Young. So let's see it first is all I'm saying. So those are the two at the top for me. And the rest of it, I don't know, is, is the rest of it seems a lot of it interchangeable based on, you know, who's healthy and who's not week to week. I think I can see the West really beating up on each other. You know, State's going to beat somebody they're not supposed to this year. Arkansas, because of K.J. Jefferson, if he's healthy, they're going to beat somebody they're not supposed to. Auburn is going to beat somebody they're not supposed to. Uh, Ole Miss is going to you know, beat somebody they're not supposed to. See, So I think past LSU and Alabama over there in the West, you know, everybody's going to kind of beat up on each other. And there's really, there's really, you know, for those five teams – beyond Alabama and LSU, there's nobody to me in that group that's really separate, that really has separated. You know, Ole Miss is very talented, but it's the transfer portal thing, bring them in new, how fast they get them going. And they were very talented last year too, but as soon as they hit a tough part of their schedule and lost a game or two, there went their confidence and they really struggled towards the end of the year. So sometimes I guess that stuff can come together and sometimes it can't. So there's just too many... For me to give you some prediction of the order of finishing the West that I feel really good about, you know, like I'm for sure happy and I'm confident and I'm going to argue with, I mean, that would just be chasing clicks and I'm not really there right now. MSU 1980 Texas show. It says, Matt, happy Friday. Just want to let you know that your show is the highlight of my days that I get to listen to. He says, I always know that if you say something that is the truth, as best as you know it. Unfortunately, that's not always the case with everyone. God bless you, Matt. That's from MSU 1980. Listen, I really do appreciate you saying that. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's all I can do. It's all I can do. Uh, the truth, as best as I know it, you know, try to be honest about those, especially when it comes to like that, you know, whether it's predictions or going into a year or evaluating a game or even evaluating a situation. Just be honest with you about it. Uh, I owe that to you. If you're going to give me your attention, I, I'm going to kind of hang on to the idea, MSU 1980, that the most valuable thing you can give me is your attention. You know, you could give me $100. You could give me 1000 You could give me 10000 It's going to be gone pretty soon. <laughs> I mean, it really is, and I appreciate it. But I still, you know, when you think about time and in the grand scheme of eternity in the universe and God our creator, and we're, we're given this life, it's such a finite, short amount of time. And every minute that you are breathing and that your heart is beating, there's, there's just innumerable things that you could be involved in and, and taking part in and paying attention to and thinking about and enga- people you could be engaging with. And so if you're going to give me a minute of that precious time of yours, of your time on this earth, you're giving me a minute or two, it's the most valuable thing you could give me. And so what I'm not going to do with that is try to manipulate it and twist it and mold it and shape it into what I, what serves my purpose. And because that would really be a discredit to me and it wouldn't be fair to you. So to be fair to you, I want to take your attention that you're giving me, really value it. And at the very least, I may not be the smartest, which I'm not. I may not be the best at talking, which I'm not. But at the very least, I can always try to just shoot you straight. <laughs> and it, it may not always be fun for me. It may not always be pleasant for you. Other people may not like it. They might. Whatever. But we can all sleep 
pretty well at night, knowing that that's what we're trying to do. And then when I am wrong, which sometimes I am, or when I am out of line, i got to be humble enough for you or someone else to call me out on it and me listen. And so if we can do that, we can make it. And that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to do, MSU 1980. And thank goodness we have a you know, phenomenal radio station that supports the show and keeps it on. Um, can't thank them enough. 105.9 The Zone. This is five years for me of doing a show at The Zone. Wonderful people there. You know, and, and it sounds like buttering them up, but I'm telling you all, if you are listening, if you're in the Jackson Metro and you get a chance in person to thank somebody from Alpha Media and from this group that puts this show and other local shows on, thank them. Not every place has this. Not every place has the support that we get from that radio station and radio group. It's a group of really fine people. So we need to be thankful for them, and I am. And so, yeah, it's if I can entertain you and just... You know, make even just make you smile or sort of make you relax or entertain you. Somehow make your day a little bit better for these couple of hours or somewhere in these couple of hours than mission accomplished. Somebody texts the show, unnamed texter, and says, do you think that uh, both Thomas and Griffin start at receiver this year? I think things get real electric with them both on the field at the same time. Uh, and you're talking about Tulu and Xavion. You know, yeah, I mean, I think there absolutely is a chance that they could start. You know, I, I, I will tell you this, and I don't, I don't get it as you're, you with your text are making some humongous, huge deal out of who is starter on the depth chart. You know, at a position like quarterback if you're the starter then obviously it's because you're going to get all the snaps it, it carries a lot of weight but really nowadays at positions like outside receiver slot receiver running back there is so much rotation going on in and out and it's okay the defense is going to line up this way they're doing this on third down so on third we're going to put this package in which means you're in um you know, or we expect this this week, or so-and-so got hurt for their team. They're going to move and shift this way. So this, so we're going to use this formation this week mostly, and that means you're in the game. You see what I mean? So a lot. once you get to, like, the top three guys, um, let's just say four at the two outside positions, and the top three, maybe four at the inside positions, I think starter at receiver isn't really that important. It's just not. They're going to rotate them in and out like like um, chess pieces anyway. Um, so will we see Xavion and Tulu on the field at the same time some? Absolutely. That's what I think. And I, I realized that I, I was pretty open about it last year. I was even open about it during the broadcasts of the games towards the end of the year with Neil Price sitting there with me. It's not me imploring or trying to tell coaches what to do. I just I feel the same way as I did then at the end of the year. And I openly say, get the ball to Tulu Griffin. I don't care how you have to get it to him. Throw it, hand it, fumble it to him, roll it to him, pitch it to him, you know, jump shot it to him, kick it to him. Get him the ball somehow. Often. Now, in Xavion, just as electric. Maybe a little bit of a different type of player. 
what is he, younger? A year younger, maybe? Are they the same age? I think they're a year apart. That's how strongly I feel about Tulu Griffin. You know, everybody's got to, you do have to make them defend your offense. You do have to make the defense be honest. But, and, and really, overall, the best player on your offense may be Woody Marks, especially when he's healthy. But, everything I'm doing is, is setting up stuff for Tulu Griffin. I can't get it to him enough. Uh, MB Texas Show says, We know football is the big money producer for almost all schools. How about this question? He says, But the biggest reason schools have not broken away from the NCAA is the basketball tournament money. With that in mind, why would the SEC not look at taking North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, and Kansas? That would give them not only the best football conference, but also the four biggest brands in basketball. Um, you know, uh, MB, I, I don't, I mean, MD, I don't know. I, I, you know, I need to think on that. Full disclosure, I probably don't do a good enough job at times of looking through a basketball lens at a lot of what's going on. And I know the basketball tournament deal, yes, obviously, huge deal. Everybody in college athletics wants to keep that thing, you know, as foremost as it is right now. But if every dime of that revenue is going to that NCAA as a body in Indianapolis, are they going to figure something different on that also? If you had 60-something schools that were part of this new league, they couldn't do their own basketball thing? Of course they could. Y'all stick around. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. Hey, look at that. Look at that. If you're on the live stream right now, look at that helmet. That's the real deal right there now. Okay. Okay, so that it's right over there by that camera. That's my helmet from... All those years ago when I was playing at Mississippi State, that's actually the helmet that I had my senior year of college, which would have been the 1999 season. Pretty good year for the Bullies. We won 10 games, beat Clemson in the Peach Bowl. But that's the helmet from that year. All right, so I, I stole it. And I've had that thing. Look at that interlocking logo. That's the old classic 90s Jackie Sherrill, SEC Western Division champs, 10-game winning, you know, Nice little run. Bunch of guys getting drafted. Dominant defenses. Jolie Dunn helmet right there. With the old interlocking MSU on the side of it whenever we had the Nike uniforms. Let's get a face full of that. Wonder if you're going to be seeing that soon, huh? I wonder. Hmm. That's a good question. You want to see it one more time? Okay. There it is. That's it right there. Bring that on. I like that state script, too. I like that, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, some more of your comments, and then I have a story that I want to plop down in your lap here that you may not have seen or heard uh, because it's not from this part of the country, but it certainly applies. 
Okay, so that's coming up in just a second. Just a second. Tiger Texas show and likes my answer. Uh, I might have LSU at the top. Says I like your response. Can't wait to see it played out on the field. That's the way I am too. Uh, I like it when it's not obvious, right, Tiger? And unfortunately, for many many years, we have gone into most seasons where it felt obvious who the number one team in the league was. It was very separated from everybody, and that was Alabama. And now Georgia has come along to their credit and just sort of taken over. And now they're the obvious team that's sort of separated from everybody else. So we do have this top heaviness in the SEC. It's hard to get away from. To LSU's credit, they've bounced up there and knocked some teams off every, every so often, but they haven't actually like stayed at the top for three to four to five years in a row recently the way Alabama and Georgia have. And then there's everybody else. It's kind of you know the way it is. But it's the same way. I like it when it's actually more interesting to talk about these other groups of teams than Georgia to me. Like, if you're a Georgia fan, you can't get enough. And and dumb old ESPN, all they do is just cater to the number one team. Like, oh, they're excited. Let's talk about them. They used to do that with Alabama. But to me, it's much more compelling and interesting to talk about the stuff that isn't an obvious and a given. And that's kind of these other groups of teams here. But the SEC, I mean, because of LSU last year and everything, I mean, it's a little more interesting than it was in previous years. So, thank you. Unnamed Texture said, I'm very thankful for a station the be radio station that has a lot of local shows to help me get through a work week. He says, I'll be honest, the ignorance of national sports shows get pretty hard to listen to. Yeah, I feel the same way. And, you know, the thing about it is there's enough ignorant people out there that actually like some of that stuff that it keeps it going. <laughs> it keeps some of the ignorant content going because there's enough ignorant people out there to consume it and react to it and not really realize that they're being lied to and having a wool pulled over their eyes and kind of being manipulated just for their attention. But I guess maybe that's always been the case. Uh, Jason out in Flagstaff says, yeah, predictions are hard, especially for teams like State and Ole Miss that aren't just loaded with five-star guys, three deep at every position, and particularly going through coaching changes. Anyone who makes it sound easy, they'd be picking this. He says, either way, good or bad, is doing it for a reason and they ain't worth listening to. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Kind of agendas, you know, they work sometimes on certain groups. You know, they do, unfortunately, but I wouldn't say it fools anyone uh, by any stretch of the imagination. You're not fooling anybody. Anybody can kind of see it. Everett, he saw the uh, helmet. Now, this isn't Everett, the bus driver. It's a different Everett on YouTube. And he says, bring back the 90s Nike uniforms. Yeah, we had Nike and that that interlocking deal in the helmet right there. It was pretty cool. Uh, regarding Alabama, Sven said, Bama has no quarterback and no wide receiver to beat any elite team. That's a fact. And he shot it straight over there at Blind Squirrel Sports, who's on here. <laughs> kind of getting a rise out of Sven in the comments. Will said it's Georgia than everyone else in the SEC East. I don't think Florida has the horses to compete with them, and I don't think Tennessee can replace Hyatt, even if Milton is a stellar quarterback. Well, and, you know, he is good, and he won the job before they gave it to Hendon Hooker, and he won it because he's really good. It's just he'd get into games, and he kept overthrowing a wide-open deep ball. They were getting people open, and he kept pumping it over everybody's head. Like, we got to hit some. They gave Hendon Hooker a chance, and that's all he needed. Once he got on the field, he never came off. So, 
It's not like Milton's not capable. He definitely is. It's just a matter of does it happen in the games. All right. Listen to this soundbite. Let me set it up for you. Arizona State. Listen up, Jason. (laughs) Arizona State has a new football coach, a young football coach in his 30s, named Kenny Dillingham. When Kenny, when Kenny, Kelly, when Kenny Dillingham was hired like back of November, December of last year, whenever it was, um, somewhere along the way, since he got the job at Arizona State, he was at a Q&A with fans in a big room or whatever, and this very notable booster, donor booster of Arizona State named Nap Lawrence stood up in front of everybody and pledged $1 million of his own money to the Arizona State Name, Image, and Likeness Collective. Pledged a million dollars. Reportedly came straight on through with it. Here's a million bucks. Yesterday after practice, after football practice, apparently some of the media noticed that Nat Lawrence, the booster who gave him a million dollars to NIO, was at practice and on the field and walking around and doing whatever he wanted to do. Very prominent. So, Kenny Dillingham said this after practice. Well, first of all, we wouldn't have a football team without Nat Lawrence. And you can put that on every single streaming media you want. Nat Lawrence built our football team. Because what he did when the first day I got hired, we would not have a team. Point blank, zero, we would not have a football team without Nap Lawrence. Right? So to see him out here, that dude's as valuable to the program as anybody on the field. I called him the other day and said, come out on the field, do whatever you want. Without you, we don't have a team. Point blank, simple. Because that's the new day and age of college football. Now, what do you think about this? <laughs> What's your reaction to that? Okay, and, and rather than... Rather than me doing the, hey, I'm going to jump out here and just start blaring my own opinion about this. I'm curious what you think on that. How does it strike you? You know, shoot me an honest answer right there. I don't, we don't have to go one way or the other with it. But how does it strike you? Okay. We, we understand the environment. We certainly, you know, have a grasp on the fact that, you know, pay for play is here. That's kind of what's going on. We call it name, image, and likeness. That's not really what it is. It's pay for play. And that's the reality. Okay. And I've even had people contact me, um, some on Twitter. I've had a phone call or two from others who think and are under the impression that me, for instance, that I am either anti-NIL or that I have railed against, you know, the idea of paying a player. It actually is not true. (laughs) What I am anti is lack of structure, which we don't have. We don't have any structure. We don't have really any rules. We don't have any cap. We don't have a governing body. You don't have sanctions. You don't have structures. You don't have guidelines. It's just, you know, you can, and you don't even have a system where you sign a contract and everybody abides by the contract unless there's a buyout, just like you do in the professional world or you do with coaches. So we just have pay for play but renegotiate it anytime you want and, and all the leverage on one side. 
my my actual personal stance on it from the word go has always been okay sure i mean if a guy is marketable and he has these marketing opportunities whether it's selling jerseys or signing autographs whatever if there's a value there you want to pay him pay him i've even i'll even go back further myself and say i have said you know over the years some kid is even though it was against the rules some kids scoring touchdowns or making tackles for you and going to class and he's never in trouble. He's a team leader. He does everything right. He's in the weight room on time and he doesn't have a car to drive. Like he does not have a family. He's buying him a car. He didn't have time for a job. Some booster or somebody gives him a car to drive. You think it hurts my feelings? Not at all. So paying the players, that's not the deal. What I'm anti is that I'm anti lack of structure and they can't seem to figure out a way to put one on there. And they're two years into it. That's my deal. And I'm also anti-calling it NIL when that's not what it is. It's pay for play. So, now that I've said that, how do you feel when you hear a football coach say this about a booster who stood up day one and said, I'll give you a million dollars to your NIL fund? Well, first of all, we wouldn't have a football team without Nap Lawrence. And you can put that on every single streaming media you want. Nap Lawrence built our football team. Because what he did when the first day I got hired, we would not have a team. Point blank, zero, we would not have a football team without Nap Lawrence. Right, so to see him out here, that dude's as valuable to the program as anybody on the field. I called him the other day and said, come out on the field, do whatever you want. Without you, we don't have a team. Point blank, simple, because that's the new day and age of college football. That's Kenny Dillingham, head coach, Arizona State. Your reaction coming up. I'm Matt. Stick around. Your sports. It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team, your hometown heroes, your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. All across the great state of Mississippi. Uh, Rebel Rex texted the show and he said, Nothing against state at all, but personally I've never been a fan of the M-State banner logo. The interlocking MSU was a great look and it looked great on the helmet. That's just my thoughts and that's from Rebel Rex. Appreciate you weighing in on that. All right, so when I played the Kenny Dillingham soundbite, Robbie commented and said, Wow, that's how it strikes me. (laughs) Wow. Well, uh, I was kind of the same way. Um, somebody tweeted, uh, here's Kenny Dillingham saying the quiet part out loud. If you're just, I'll recap it one more time, then I'll come to your comments. Uh, if you're just tuning in. Kenny Dillingham, first-year head coach, Arizona State football. Hired back last fall. Like, one of the first days he's there, they have this big, huge room full of people and doing a Q&A. And huge booster donor to the school, Nap Lawrence is his name. Big donor stands up and says, I'm going to give you a million dollars towards your name, image, and likeness. And so yesterday after practice, Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State said the following. Well, first of all, we wouldn't have a football team without Nap Lawrence. And you can put that on every single streaming media you want. Nap Lawrence built our football team. 
because what he did when the first day I got hired. We would not have a team. Point blank, zero, we would not have a football team without Nap Lawrence. Right, so to see him out here, that dude's as valuable to the program as anybody on the field. I called him the other day and said, come out on the field, do whatever you want. Without you, we don't have a team. Point blank, simple, because that's the new day and age of college football. How about that? Head football coach. Tyga texts the show and says, seems like he's trying to light a fire under other boosters. I'm not sure that's the way to go about it, though. Patches O'Houlihan says, money buys anything in life, i.e. jobs, contracts, political positions, appointments, anything. He said, in this case and on every other college campus across the country, access to whatever the donor wants if enough money is involved. The coach was only being honest and transparent. Norman Texas show. What's up? Coffee Norman. Have a little coffee with me. I'm drinking hot coffee right now from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. In a Alpha Media mug given to me by Cowboy Bill, who likes to ask people questions, and when they begin to answer, he'll interrupt you. <laughs> it's good coffee. Coffee Norman says, wow, talk about college football being like pro sports without contracts, and now you have this rich alum walking around a college practice acting like he owns them. And the coach basically admitted that he does. Just wow. Coffee Norman says, Matt, it's out of control for sure. We'll come back to that in just a second. Uh, I had a question here that said, Matt, does the 99 state team beat the 2015 Ole Miss team? That was Chad Kelly, right? They had some players. But 2015 was pre-A.J. Brown, right? Yeah, we'd have beaten them. 99 State would beat that 15 Ole Miss team. And the primary reason is State's defense. At one corner, Fred Smoot. At the other one, Robert Bean. Ashley Cooper at safety. Josh Morgan at safety. I'll say this. (laughs) Two different eras, okay? But... It's obviously two different eras and a different style of play. The 15 Ole Miss guys would not want to continue to be tackled by our safeties and linebackers. It was a different era. Okay? It, it, it's so much more physical, okay? And you had corners that could have run with any of them. Just run right along with them. People forget how good Robert Bean was. NFL guy. Smoot gets all the credit, right? Baron Simpson linebacker. On your front, look Look at the NFL guys on your defensive front. John Hilliard, Dorset Davis, Willie Blade, okay, Toby Galladay, uh, uh, Kevin Sluter. I, I could just go on and on and on about that defense. Cornell Menifee, guys I hadn't even gotten to. Okay, Mario Hagan. People forget Mario, Mario Hagan was a 10-year defensive end linebacker in the NFL and was playing for us in 99 also. He was just a young guy. So I'm I'm biased, but defensively, we had the number one defense in the country. They'd have blown them up. And then our style of play on the 99 team, you know, yeah, we in that 99 year we had some comebacks where we'd air it out at the end of the game if we were behind. But, you know, you're basically under center running the ball, ball controlling it, eating up clock throughout the game. And – Nowadays, the types of defenses that are playing modern-day football now could never have lined up and defended the running game. They would have had to spend three years recruiting it different. So two different eras. But we had the defense. 
Thanks for the question. Back to Kenny Dillingham. Uh, Jake from Yazoo says, <laughs> Dillingham before his prior quote, I drank three bottles of champagne and hung out with a stray dog all night under a bridge. <laughs> End quote, right? Um, Jason and Flagstaff said, well, he's telling the truth. Arizona State has been driven into the ground the last few years, same as Arizona. I don't have a problem with it. Not a fan of the NIL stuff, but if you have to do it, you might as well give boosters the same access they've always had. And I think there's a lot of truth in that, Jason. Uh, listen, uh, yeah, that's the thing. You know, Jason, let's be honest. We talk about here's Arizona State. Nap Lawrence gave him a million dollars to come to practice, coach the huddle, whatever you need. Okay, he bet in the coach saying, if it's not for him, we don't have a football team. You think about what that means. What it probably means is if they don't have that money to divide up among their players, they all leave and go somewhere. <laughs> you know, they transfer somewhere else. And in this environment, whether it's Arizona State or Mississippi State, you have no choice as a you know, university, as a program, as a coaching staff, as a fan base, but to do it. You, you really have no choice but to pile up your money as best you can and somehow get it organized to begin to pay your players and to somehow use it in recruiting somehow. That's well, you have no choice. Just because we bemoan the idea that, well, the powers that be or the NCAA or the conferences have yet to put a structure on this. Well, that is true, but at the same time, the reality is you can't just sit and wait on that. <laughs> and Nap Lawrence and Arizona State can't, and State and its boosters can't, and Ole Miss and its boosters can't. You just got to go. You got to go. You got to pile up your money. You got to pay them. You got to do it now. And when they start putting structure or or an umbrella over it, well, then you do it, whatever they say. But for now, you just have to do it. And I'll say this. One thing that it does shine a light on in this era of pay-for-play in college sports, fans, whoever, you you can't, go out here complaining and throwing a fit, wanting to fire your coach, bench the quarterback, you know, change this, change that, if you're not also ponying up your money, can you? You send in your money, you fund that thing, or well, maybe you have room to complain if you don't like what's going on. But if you're not, then we don't want to hear anything about from you about fire the coach. I don't want to hear anything from you about Ben's a quarterback. Right? It really shines a light on that. Uh, Danny says, who decides how NIL money is distributed? Well, I think it's going to be a collective at every school. Okay, and some schools have more than one. A lot of schools just have one main third-party collective that's out there apart from the university, but like right next door. And that's where the fans operate the NIL deal. And that's, that's usually like sort of you have, I would, I would guess, it's like off-the-record conversations with whether it's coaching staff or recruiting staff, and you're kind of figuring all that out together. But in terms of deciding how it's distributed, 
it's primarily the collective and they're pulling information from who they need to pull information from is what I would think it is. Will commented and said, because it's not tax deductible, right? Unlike giving your money to a charity. Yeah, and there is some confusion on that. Will, there was a story. You may want to read it if you didn't see it. Yeah, yeah okay, so you mentioned it. The, the 12th Man Foundation at Texas A&M. Um, they, once the memo came out about issues, tax liability issues, uh, a lot of them have had to change their tune. And early on, there was going to be some that were going to fly under the guise of, you know, what do you call it? Um, tax deductible. What's the 103C3 something, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I obviously don't. <laughs> but you know, one that's, ta you know, a charitable deal so that donations are tax deductible. Well, they put a squash on that. The government basically put a squash on that pretty quickly. Very interesting, though. And so that's kind of where we are. Finally, you look at that helmet. Jason in Flagstaff says that 99 state team would have 200 yards of penalties. and would have to play the band because all our DBs would have been thrown out playing by 2015 rules. It is so true. Targeting for everybody <laughs> is what it would have been. Hour one in the books. We'll start hour two with retro foods from your childhood. I'm serious. Stick around.